0: a lawyer and a financial advisor walk into a bar. Oh, and then what happens, Dave? Well, the question turns around and says, well, what do I do if my customer can't pay? It's a really big invoice.
1: Ah, can't pay. So this is different to um, to doesn't want to pay because <laughs> uh, that's a common one and sometimes you don't know the difference. You know, do they are they saying they can't pay, but maybe they can, they just don't want to. Yep. Um, but if they can't pay, what do you do? So I think... Um, uh, that's you, you rewind and you go. Oh, I shouldn't have done business with them in the first place. That's what you do. <laughs> so, can you go back in time? Is that an option? Well, perhaps. Mm, mm. So a okay, hard one. Like that's a real
0: challenge, isn't it? Because I mean, yeah. you go, but they've been a really good customer for a long time, or yeah. you know they've given me all the right signs. They've been yeah. consistently paying in the past. Yep. Yeah. And we've been building and relying upon them. And yep. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden they say, "Look, I'm sorry. We've we're we just not in a position. We can't yeah. pay you."
1: So one of the big issues, I suppose, is your relationship with them. Do, is Is it something that you want to work with them and, and have a positive relationship on an ongoing basis? And maybe you can make the you know do another deal with them where you make the money up. Um, but often that's fraught with danger because you go, okay, well, I'll do that, and then they don't pay you on that deal too. So
0: It also depends if it's a product right. or a service.
1: Right, yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, And maybe you've paid your suppliers to provide for, for them, so you might have debts that now you can't pay, um, which then leads you on to insolvency, which is a whole other topic. Um, but the first thing I think you got to do: look at the relationship, and then look at well, what is your actual? I know, obviously, the lawyer is going to say, look at your contract. Who's your contract with? Sometimes you think, oh, yeah, it's with this entity, but it's actually with that one in the group.
0: That's, if, if, you, that's
1: if you have a contract. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So often there's a credit application or terms and conditions or something. Um, if it's yeah, verbal, right. you know, <laughs> yeah, if, yeah. If it's verbal, and sometimes it is. And I know we've dealt with some very big, like listed clients. So listed on the stock exchange, but they've got. Um, they've gone, oh, yeah, we we just ordered that and maybe we did a purchase order number, but that was it, you know, and our terms and conditions weren't included. Their terms and conditions was all... So often it's poorly documented, but... Because what, what is
0: it, the, the, yeah. the, um, there's like the register where you,
1: you're... Your, uh, the PPSA? Yes. Personal Property Security Register or Personal Property Security Act um, yes, yeah, so you can actually register interests in, in in property um, in the same way in you know we're all used to registering interests in land like your, your title search. Yep. Um, they now you now you can register interests in in you know companies and in um, in property like you know um, a you know a, a trailer full of, uh, of of nuts you can uh, you can register. Yep. So that's, there's one aspect to all of that. But I think you've got to look at your, your contract and go, well, who am I contracting with? Because that's the person who owes me the money. And do they have any money? You know, that actual entity. And, and is there a personal guarantee associated or some other security? You know, maybe there's a security in, in, in land. Sometimes you can put a caveat on a property. Sometimes you can, the individual might be responsible. There's a personal guarantee as well as the company. Sometimes multiple companies might be responsible. So, you know, there's ways of pursuing debts where the company can't pay. And maybe the company can't pay, but someone else can.
0: But is there a threshold in some of those? Like, I mean, at a point, do you say, well, if, I mean, it goes back to irrespective of the dollar value of your engagement, yep. you probably need some terms and conditions that give you the capacity to be able to claw back or, or to to deal with something. Yeah, yeah. Is there a threshold where you say, look, you know, if the product's under, you know, 100000 it's not worth worrying about yeah. because, you know what, you just sort of deal with it? So is, sure. that, is that a real balance for some yeah,
1: businesses? Yeah, it is. I mean, you obviously, you know, lawyers would like everyone to sign a thousand-page contract every time <laughs> they even turn around, right? So that's you know that's the starting point. But uh, you know, I think if, if it's difficult for your business to get people signing off, or there's you know, you can have an overarching contract that that, that um that relates to all of the services or a whole bunch of individual supplies, or you can have you know l- levels of contracts. So you can say, oh, you know, we'll we just send you our one pager. Purchase order for anything under fifty grand or whatever it is, yep. and beyond that, it's got to be a longer document, or it's got to be, you know, the sales manager needs to approve it, not just the salesperson or whatever it is. Certainly, you should internally have some sort of systems and control. Well, that goes
0: into your yeah, that goes into yeah. your internal sort of systems yeah. and processes.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and even more up front. I mean, and it's it's easier to go back in time. I was before, but. Um, well, it's not easy to go back in time, but that you need, uh, you know, to some level of credit assessment. So you shouldn't, you know, as a business, no business should just be dealing with anyone who walks in the door. You should be making some assessment. Now, it might be, you know, it might be just you use your spidey senses or it might be that you get your sales manager to assess or it might be that there's a formal credit assessment it might be that you know if you're supplying over a hundred thousand that you need the company to to sign a um terms and conditions plus you need a personal guarantee if it's over three hundred thousand you need property security or you need a deposit of fifty percent for over you know whatever it is well especially if
0: it's a particular product yeah that that you are selling to a customer that is uh bespoke for them Yep. That you've then had to purchase materials to do that delivery. Yep. So you could turn yep. around and go, right, I'm gonna sell this item to, to Alex for yep. hundred thousand dollars, but it's gonna c need to buy thirty thousand yep. dollars worth of materials. Yep. So maybe I want the thirty grand up front. Yeah, like it's, this is where people sometimes forget it, like, oh, but if my customer can't pay, is a topic for today. So this is where it is. It's like, yes, but for me to produce that because you're a specialist, you know, manufacturer or or something, I think a little bit different for some of the services industries. But again, it comes back to, you know, there can be that pre-work before you do the delivery of your service. Therefore, it's like, well, I really need you to pay me 20 or 30%. Of the total cost because we've got a month of pre-work before we can actually deliver yeah. it. Yeah and I
1: think if you explain that to customers they sort of understand. I know we have that issue with some of our filing fees and conveyancing so we do conveyancing so you know people's houses um, but you know we in order to, to, to prepare the contract you need to do a search with the local council and the water authority all that you need to pay for that you need to pay for that at the time not later yeah. so we pay for it and then we collect it off the client at the settlement but what happens if there is no settlement that the client decides not to pay not to sell the house or whatever or you know it all falls over then we've lent money effectively to the client and so on one level even if it settles we're still lending money and and should we be doing that maybe the client should be paying up front and then on another level if if it falls over and the client says well I don't want to pay you and you say but we paid the service provider for this search that you needed and they say well but but, you know it didn't i didn't get the value because i didn't actually sell my house so i you know so you get into this difficult you know position and and where the difficulty we have is that you're not sure how much the searches are going to cost exactly we know generally but you know the the you know the council in burundara might charge x and the council in 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 sunshine might charge y yeah, okay. it, we don't know. So, um, so but that's a, a good example of kind of we've got to put our hand in our pocket and pay some money. And if you're doing lots of conveyancing, that might be a lot of money um, at any one time that you've got kind of hanging out in the air, hoping that these things all settle and that you collect it again. And certainly we don't charge the client's interest or anything for that. We don't charge them anything at all. We just charge what it costs us. But really, that's a we're, you know, effectively lending money to our clients over that period, and, and, mm. and then collecting later. So it's just something to, to factor in. And I think everyone should be doing some kind of assessment on which clients they... You know, when you when you provide a, a product or a service <coughs> and to be paid later, you're offering credit. Yes, you know, yes. it's credit, but it is credit, and so you should have a credit assessment. Um, and, and I'm not saying you need to, you know, run everyone through like a banker to assess you, but you've got to have some process to, to who you're dealing but with. But also and,
0: it shows you know, a commitment from a customer or yeah. client... If there is, there's an element where, but that's okay. Like you've asked me to do this. I know it's a big job. It's over a yeah. six or 12-month period. I can't fund it all the way through and I don't want to fund, you know, yeah. a particular transaction therefore yeah. I'm going to request a 30% up front. Now, if yeah. the customer says to you, oh, I don't want to do that, well,
1: <clears throat> I mean, that, that to me is an element of a warning sign. It is. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, so we have, I mean, you know, good example, you know, sometimes we require clients to give personal guarantees, particularly dealing with a, a client who's like, they might be a very small, There might be a guy with a van, right? And if you're dealing with a guy with a van, his company or her company not worth very much. Um, so, so you know, a personal guarantee in that context might make sense. Whereas you're dealing, we've well, got a client who's they've been operating for 125 years. They've got a whole bunch of shareholders, a whole bunch of uh, board directors, all that. The 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 individual that you're dealing with, which might be the sales manager or something, they're not going to sign a personal guarantee, right? Because it's not their, you know, it's not their deal. So there's an appropriateness to a personal guarantee that's different in different circumstances. So I guess all I'm saying is you've got to turn your mind to those kind of things when you're signing clients up or when you're signing that's customers up. But there's
0: also that issue that a lot of people forget. If your particular customer or client normally pays, you know, seven days, 21 yeah. days, 14 days, 30 days, whatever it is, if all of a sudden it's like so with you were a seven-day, you're now at 30 days and now yeah. you're at 60 days but you keep asking me to deliver stuff to you, yeah, there's a point where you go. You know what? Uh, you, you've got to have those hard conversations yeah. with the yeah. customer sometimes because yeah. Yeah. you're again, as you say, lending them money as such yeah. because you're delivering more product, which is increasing your exposure. There's a yeah. point where some people you just got to ring them and go, "You need to settle last month's account." Yeah, well, walk um, off the I, job. I yeah, I, yeah, I'm just we're just not in a position to keep supplying you with materials. Yeah. We know you're selling them yeah. because it might be a component that goes into their production process. Yeah. Or they're on selling that whatever it might be to someone else. So it's like, so you've collected out of that. Like there's a, it just right. cascades its way through. Right. So again, I think there are some early warning signs. Sometimes if you've got had a good relationship with a particular customer and their debtor days extend,
1: yes, that's a red. Be on, flag.
0: be on top of that sort yes. of stuff.
1: And I, it does I,
0: slip very quickly and very easily.
1: Yeah, and sometimes you almost get into a position where. You're getting blackmailed by your customer. Yeah, because I know we see this a lot. Clients say, "I've got to keep working because if I don't finish the job, they'll never pay me." And if I work stop yeah. halfway through, and you go, "Well, look, there might be some logic to that." I'm not saying that's wrong, but you know, you've really got to turn your mind to that pretty carefully because every day you work for them when they're when they've already sent you a big red flag, which is not paying you according to the way they normally do or the way yeah. you apply or whatever. And then they yeah. often go quiet; they don't answer the phone, and all yeah. that. We yeah. yeah. that all the time. You know, if you communicate, almost always there'll be a deal to be done. But if you stop communicating, then it's when people ring up us and start suing everybody because. Well, look quiet. at a lot
0: of those commercial builders that just. Yeah. You know Porter Davis. People would have been subbies. Would have been doing work on yeah. those and and some of the bigger builders that have you know unfortunately gone into liquidation. I just think yeah. it's you know sometimes it's a really unfortunate, but it can be some of those big jobs where there's multiple subcontractors. Yeah. It may be a small guy themselves, and yeah. they've been you know providing materials and doing this and waiting for the next progress payment. Yeah. they can be out of pocket sixty, eighty, hundred grand. Yeah, now, yeah, absolutely. For a big business, it's like, oh, what's the matter? It's like no. But for for a business that might turns over a million bucks, yeah, hundred grand is a lot of dough. They just don't have that sort of cash flow, yeah, to sustain that or, or to yeah. allow that to continue. And this is yeah. where it, it's a real challenge, I think, sometimes for, for yeah. when the customer can't pay.
1: So if we go back to the topic which is what do I do when my customer can't pay, can't pay me and we've said well you've got to look at the relationship you've got to look at you know whether you want it to continue or not you've got to look at the um the the you know your credit assessment process and about who your contracts actually with Sometimes yeah. it can surprise you, um, and there's actually some legal options. You know, you can obviously sue. Everyone knows about that. You go and sue in debt recovery. You, you know, and you sue in the magistrate's court for anything under hundred grand, and in the superior courts for above that. But you can also do what they call a statutory demand, which is not not well understood, and that's that's a company thing. So you have the debtor has to be a company. If the debtor's an individual, you're no good. But most debtors are companies. So if the debtor's a company, you can serve a special demand on them. It has to be supported by an affidavit, and and if if the debtor's a company and the debt's not. Destroyed, so they don't say no, no. I didn't. You didn't do the work properly. They say yeah. yeah I know I owe you, but I can't pay you, which is often yep. they do. Yep. Then, then that, they've got 21 days to respond to that. And if they don't either pay the debt or sort it out with you in that 21 days, then you can apply to the court to wind them up, and then appoint a liquidator and, and sell their assets and so on. So it's a sort of an express way of of um, of uh, recovering debts and of potentially you know get um, of liquidating companies that are insolvent. Um, and so it's, a, I think, quite a powerful tool that people often don't understand, don't know about. I think they've got to sue everyone. And sometimes you do. If the debt's disputed, yep. you need to sue. But them.
0: sometimes the threat of that right. can, yeah. can push people into a form
1: of, oh, Jesus, yep. I don't want to go through
0: that. I don't need to be sued. Right?
1: You know, and there's probably yeah, a whole we're... bunch of debts, right? They, they owe a whole bunch of people. And so you want to go to the top of the pile, right, and get paid. Um, so that's quite a powerful and and relatively inexpensive you know it's a lot cheaper than than going to court and and suing so it's something you should be aware of and and then in certain industries there's other mechanisms like in the building industry there's the, the the building you know and construction security for payments act so if you if you make a claim under that act Again, there's a process. You know, you've got 10 days to respond. If they don't respond, yep. it becomes a debt. You know, they're they're kind of they're not perfect processes by any means, but they're certainly processes that are that are kind of easy and cheap to use. And yep. you know, it should be one of the tools in your toolkit to yep. try and get paid. Um, every claim you send out as a builder should be a should be a building a claim under that act. Which you only need a little disclaimer on your on your documents to do that. So it's pretty easy. Yep. And yep. then you you know, and it, it it truncates. It makes the um the time frame shorter to to deal with things. And and then you can you know get that the claim assessed and hopefully paid much quicker. So yeah, because if that drag
0: on, yeah. all of a sudden they've been paying yeah. out everyone else that's gone through that process.
1: Yeah, um, but I mean, at the end of the day, if you've got a, an agreement with someone that entity and that entity has no money, absolutely no money, and or cannot pay you, then you know the best lawyer in the world isn't going to be able to magic. Money into your account, <laughs>
0: Why
1: right? Why not? Oh, the chief likes you to perform miracles. <clears throat> yeah, you, you just make them. All you need to do is make them pay, and all you, yeah. you know, there's various. You know, tools i can use and i'm you know i'm very clever and uh, and five steps ahead of most people but even so if you know i mean if, violence if, if, is if, not if, one of them <laughs> yeah well that's right you better maybe hire a gangster they'll probably do it, be cheaper and be a lot, lot more effective than me um although then what happens if you 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 um they ask you to pay them <laughs> <Correct>. <laughs> you can do that so um so there is you know if if they've got no money and you're sure that's the entity you don't have any security you got no other person to seek the money from and that entity you sure has no money, then your chances of getting are very low. So maybe you just write it off, you know, and, and, and then maybe learn the lesson for next time and in, in, in making sure that you don't do do take that same risk again. Yeah. So get better security or, or you know, improve your processes. And that's I, business you know, sometimes. That's right. Yeah, sometimes you've got to go, Well, that one didn't go well. Why didn't it go well? You know, what have I learned from it? How do I you know, you can get um Uh, a debtors insurance so it is possible to insure against this risk. Um, It can be quite expensive and it's sort of industry specific but we've certainly got plenty of clients who um, have debtors insurance and sometimes it's a requirement that you sue and get a judgment but then once you've got a judgment you can claim and get all your money including some amount for legal costs back. Yep. So I guess what I'm saying is there's a lot of things you can do. Um, if a, your, client, your customer absolutely has no money and they're the only person you can go against, then you're in trouble. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there is, there's ways of having a crack at them. There's there's other potential um, targets, other people you can collect money from. Maybe the director has some money. Maybe you have a implied agreement with them. You know, there's there's lots of things to do. But um, really at the front end is where you get all the value by, by yeah. having a good credit assessment process, making sure you've got good terms and conditions. Making sure your terms and conditions claim for legal costs, which means if you do sue you can get that back. Making sure they claim interest and other stuff, default provisions. One of the problems we see a lot is is clients go, you know, I invoice, I don't know, a thousand bucks a month. And then, then when they haven't paid I haven't paid the first thousand, and you go, well, that's the only thousand that's due. You should have a default term to say once it's overdue, the whole amount becomes due, so you can collect the, you know, fifty thousand or whatever it is. So there's there's various ways you can sort of improve your chances. You know, there's no magic bullet, but there's a lot of things you can do to make sure that you're in a in a stronger position if the the debtor can't pay.
0: Yeah, which again, I think the point comes back in a lot of circumstances that we talk about is seek advice, like talk. Yep. To people, and as part of your setup process, and you may become more sophisticated as it gets bigger and better. But I, I do think it is one of those things. I mean, sometimes yeah. it just happens, and you can. Yeah, yeah. it is a written, you, you can have these yeah. relationships with people, and for whatever reason, yeah. I, you know. Again, I don't think, you know, my personal view: people don't go into business to rip people off. Yep. Yeah. Like that, you know. Majority of the population are there to kind of enjoy life, and you know they run good businesses, and they want to support other businesses. Yeah. But sometimes it's just you're just unlucky. Yep. And and circumstances have just come um, against you. But I do think if you're looking at it, um, when you talk about what if my customer can't pay, mm. being aware of the percentage of a customer of your total revenue.
1: Yes. Yes, that's a good good which point. Which
0: is a risk management strategy that says. You know this is my largest or single customer. Yeah. What's my what if strategy and what's my what if scenarios if something was to occur and just be aware of how you may be able to do that. Now, you may be in an industry where they are the only customer. Yep. You you did yep. d- deliver a particular product and that's it. Like that okay, that 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 is the case. But if that's the case, you may also be the only supplier. Yep. <laughs> yes. Do yep. You know what I mean. So, so yep. sometimes it can work yep. to, to your advantage, but if there are multiple players and yep. you have a very high concentration on a single customer, I yep. think part of your overall risk management strategy should be to seek other customers.
1: Yeah. 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 That's right. In fact, yeah. I mean, then your your concentration risk or whatever they call it is yep. is lower. And I think a lot a lot of I know um, a lot of small businesses. You know, they might not have one customer, but they might have five. That are yep. you know eighty percent of their revenue or whatever, yep. and you know, if yep. one of them fell over, you know, could you deal with twenty percent less revenue, you know, in one go, whatever it is? Yep. Um, and, and you know, part of the, your risk management is saying, well, well, I think we need to diversify, or we need to, you know, it might even be we need to just get get 10% or t- half or whatever up front from some of those customers or yep. whatever so that just our, it just lowers our overall risk. Again, no magic bullet, but there's just a few things you can do and maybe they'll agree to that or maybe, the, you know, you'll say, okay, well, you can pay a bit later but you've got to pay some up front or whatever, yes. Yes. might do a well deal with them so that you can and just... know your it. numbers, like yeah. know that you've got that exposure. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I unfortunately you can't get blood from a stone if people don't have the money. Yeah. Then, They don't, but you need to to have a risk assessment up front and then obviously to have a collection strategy. You're quite right. You look at your whole overall book of debts and go, okay, these ones are okay, but these ones are at risk. Maybe the, the the small ones we write off, learn the lesson. Maybe the bigger ones we chase. Maybe it's worth spending money chasing them. Maybe That's it's not. Right, yeah. Maybe we can spend money because we've got good terms and conditions where we can recover our legal costs. Maybe we can't. Um, I know I see a lot of people who are, either they don't have terms and conditions, or they do but they haven't sent them. <laughs> but you got to send them. That, that
0: would be helpful.
1: <laughs> yeah, you got to send them with the and you got to send them with the contract. If you send the contract and then say, by the way, our terms and conditions they're on our website or whatever. No good. You have got to send them with the contract so they, okay. you know, and then if they're accepted, then it puts you in a better position again yeah, yeah, yeah. it, but you're in a better position than you would have otherwise um but it is part of doing business the reality is sometimes people won't pay you and, and as you're saying going back to the, the point about whether they're nice people or not i think often they're nice people but then they've not been paid and they go well because i haven't been paid i'm not going to pay you it's not my fault i'm still a nice person but i've been screwed so yeah. therefore i'm going to screw you which i think is <laughs> really dodgy logic but people yeah, do you know, that, that is the logic that people yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right, and you know, especially in the building industry, it's very common to not be paid and therefore not pay on. And uh, and you know, it's not good enough. I think I think everyone should expect to be paid, you know, promptly by their customers. And, well,
0: especially if you've delivered the product or service to someone yeah, and you've done it in good faith.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, that that that's. Uh, uh, the, the sad truth, I suppose, is the reality yeah. is some, some some portion of your, your customers aren't going to pay and you've got to kind of have a have a plan around that. What do you do about it? And just just be sensible on
0: Yep. All right. Well, anything else you wanted to sort of throw in there for the mix for today before we close out? Uh,
1: no, only really that, that, you know, managing your cash flow, the lifeblood of business. I'm not the first person to say that. Um, and that, you know, managing your debtors is part of that and the risk yep. profile of your debtors because, you know, any if you, you, you know, 10% of your debtors don't pay you, then you've just given a 10% discount across your whole book and that's, uh, you know, that's all money that had just been in your pocket. So, so collecting your debt sort of promptly and efficiently and taking as little risk as possible is a real key, um, uh, should be a key focus for any business owner.
0: Yeah, and especially if that debt that you're trying to collect has been you've purchased materials with debt, yeah. It means your own debt levels that you're paying interest on, you're copying a delay in the payment, plus you're copying the interest expense on the other side. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Keep keep on top of your debtors. All right. Well, thank you, Alex. So as we close out our conversation today, I would like to thank Alex from Taurus Legal Management. He can be contacted via LinkedIn at Alex Marson or via the website toruslawyers.com.au.
1: Thanks, Dave, and I'd like to thank David Murdoch, the wealth activist from Paxton Bridge. He can be contacted at David Murdoch at LinkedIn or at um, the website paxtonbridge.com.
0: Cheers. Thank you, Alex, and look forward to chatting next time.
1: Thanks. See you next time.